Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Man on the Post podcast. As regular as clockwork, a new season's here and we are back once again to talk about all of the action from the Premier League and occasional jaunts into the Football League. I am, of course, your host, Ross, and with me this week is Colin. How are you doing, sir? Very well. Very well. Good, good, good. Happy, and happy, 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 happy what? Well, no, just happy for the, the new season. All right, fair enough. I'm not, but we'll get into that in a bit. And also here is Adam. How are you I feel tri- I I feel tricked. I thought I thought this was an Olympic podcast. <laughs> that was the one I'm we out. did last summer when we uh, quit this podcast. I'm out. I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> I'll get you back in. I'll get you back in. We'll do Man United in a bit. <laughs> uh, we're going to start, of course, though, with last season's champions, at Leicester City. They became the first defending Premier League champions to lose the opening game of the following season. Always going to be Leicester, that one. They went behind. Um, I'm not sure it, who actually it, scored. It could only be you. <laughs> I'm not sure who scored the first one. It's been given to various different people on different sites. Is that the first goal that's ever been scored by two people? I think it might be. It's quite impressive. Yeah, I know. I mean, one bicycle kick is good enough. Two at the same time. Batting the same <laughs> I ball. mean... I mean, I, I've seen gold medals for synchronised diving less impressive than that. <laughs> uh, Leicester came out after the break, got a penalty, and Mahrez converted it before Robert Snodgrass got in, scored the winner. I mean, I've only seen that penalty from from one camera angle twice. It was a foul but, outside the box. Well, it was outside the box. Uh, that's what I was about to say. I, uh, was it, as I thought, outside the box? Yeah, it was. He kind of slid into the into the box, and as they kind of got into the box, there was no contact at all. So it should really have been a free kick, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, well taken penalty by Mahrez, and the Snodgrass popped up with a winner against his former Leeds teammate Casper Schmeichel. Thoughts, Colin? Snodgrass. Yeah, he's had a tough he, run he, in he at home. So Leeds still 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 influencing the biggest decisions. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, Snodgrass is great, and, he, and he, obviously he was on uh, corner duty, and he can take a, a mean free kick as well. Mm. Um, Very good player. Some player you make your captain and never sell. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like he's so, sounds like he can take a better corner than Harry Kane. So. <laughs> Does that? I think he's going to have a good, probably a good season this year, and get maybe really establish himself in that Scottish team, especially with Matt Ritchie deciding to take a step down to the Championship. Some I really don't know. I mean, I really don't know what... Obviously, he, he had a bad injury, didn't he, recently? Yeah. But I don't know why somebody hasn't taken a punt on Sodgrass. Because he, he doesn't strike me as being a particularly expensive player to buy. Maybe he just really likes the North East. <laughs> Scotland to Leeds to Hull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not bad. Uh, but yeah, Leicester, they were kind of fairly disappointing in their opening game. Colin, you, you've been quite bullish that they're going to finish strongly this season. 
um, me not so, and I, I can't actually remember what you thought, Adam. But I agreed with you, probably uh, probably more so. Mid table ish is what I said. To lower uh, between fifteenth and tenth. Yeah, that seems about right for me, Colin. You, you're kind of more optimistic for the foxes. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going to fall away dramatically. Um, I, I didn't think they were too bad in this game, actually. Um, but I mean, is it is it worth mentioning a, a certain charity bet, Ross? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, well, this is something that me and Adam have, have done before in the past, and uh, we, we we bet a certain amount of money money goes to charity on whoever wins um, depending on where a team may or may not finish and uh, this team at this time uh, Adam teased me um, because of my confidence in Leicester uh, with a bet what was the bet Adam? I I gave you that if they finished top 8 you could have a donation to any charity of your choice and if they're not in the top eight, then I'm in the firing you... line for <laughs> yeah. giving you some charity money. Yes. Well, not me. I'm not a charity. <laughs> well, no. no. Not yet. Yeah, anyway, I've, I've got nine months to set that up. <laughs> so, yeah, well, you... I, started, I started saying five quid. <laughs> then Adam called me tight. It's the Yorkshire <laughs> that is. And so he was, he was he was he was dragging me in, and then I think we got to like was it twenty pounds or something? Yeah. Well, I suggested twenty pounds, and then you you blew me out of the water. Whoa, 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 fiver. <laughs> and then it got real, didn't it, boys? <laughs> yeah, it went big time. It, it, it went to fifty pounds. Yeah. I like it. It's good. M- money to charity is always good, and I'm kind of with Adam on this because he's got more of the field than you have Colin to be fair he's got 12 places they can finish in you've only got the 8 I've got Jamie Vardy <laughs> True. I've got I've got I've got Robert Hoof <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, should we move on then from this game anything else there wasn't really that much yeah. to talk about in the game to be honest the, the, only, the only thing I'd say is that um Despite Hull getting three points, I still think it could be an awful season for them. It's going to be really tough. Mm. Um, a strong squad, that's for sure. Well, no, got... well, it's so so weak that a, a lot of people on Twitter, including some major journalists, and then me, <laughs> got, got got tricked into thinking that they'd only named three substitutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't name a full bench, but there's a lot of high numbers on that bench. I'm assuming they're kids, basically. <laughs> Yeah, so me too. Or, or, Sheffield, or Sheffield Wednesday players. Yeah, mental. What are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's 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 talk about last season. One of last season's big teams as well, Tottenham. They travelled to Goodison. Ross Barkley opened the scoring with a, a nice finish. Before Eric Lamella with a, a lovely header as well. Lloris, was he at fault for the Barkley goal? Um, I always think they're very difficult to deal with. Because you're waiting I'm, for the touch, aren't you? Yeah, exactly, and uh, the, it's something that I has uh, probably been around as long as football existed. But it's something I've never, I'd never first. I can remember the first time I noticed it was it was something Frank Lampard started doing in the first season under Mourinho. Yeah, um, and I did think that it makes it very difficult for anyone to, to especially the, goal, the goalkeeper. They they have to cover off that far post, but mm. any touch, yeah, just has them in 
in worlds of trouble um it didn't help that it bounces right in front of him as well and then he was uh, stopped off as well was he injured uh, uh, the, yeah the commentator on the highlights I saw suggested that he was injured yeah hamstring injury according to the BBC so that's not good for them but forms are adequate back up he's not to the level of Reese, obviously but he's good enough yeah the best keeper in this game is to Kellenberg great saves from that man he's been one of my favourites for a long time and he's never really got enough of a chance for me and now he's at a big club like Everton with a good manager he's just I never really no. I never really noticed him, which made me wonder whether he was just exactly the kind of goalkeeper you want. <laughs> True, yeah, doesn't make the flashy saves, just does his job. But also, that means he's not dropping clangers left, right, and centre. Yeah, true. What do you think, Trevison's lineup? Three at the back. James, um, a wing back. That's well. That's a, a, a temporary solution to there being no Seamus Coleman. Ah, okay. I imagine he'll move into the middle. Maybe Barry will make way because his legs have gone so. even more. In the... <laughs> who'd have thought? <laughs> from, from, from who'd have thought from 2010 <laughs> after watching him uh, that Gareth Barry would still be playing football at the highest level? Yeah, Mesut Ozil, not the quickest of players. No. Lost him with ease. Everton start without a striker. Lukaku, yeah. obviously, first choice. There doesn't appear to be many other options, though. No, there's not, and there hasn't been for a while. <laughs> there's money burning a hole in Cumin's pocket, I imagine, right now. Yeah, well, he's been talking about. I think a lot of um, a lot of evidence transfer dealings were delayed because of their um, desire to get uh, what's his name. The, I'm going to get his name wrong. Ross, help me out here. The guy from Leicester. Um, pass. <laughs> Steve, what's his name? You know the. Head, the head of recruitment. Oh, uh, Steve Walsh. Steve Walsh, that's it. Yeah. Um, they wanted to get him in, so uh, that's obviously in place now. So recruitment's been a little bit slow from then on in, but Cooman's talked about wanting to still make four transfers. Yeah, they got. The I money, don't know yeah. if that's. I don't know if that's including Balassi or not. No, obviously transfer fees have gone mental. Thirty million for Balassi seems a lot, but. Is it really a lot in this day and age? Is that going to become the norm? I think you just have to give up on on the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> they're just irrelevant now. Yeah, they are just irrelevant. I just <laughs> think like... Connor, what do you think? When we're, we're struggling to sign a player for a free transfer, Everton are spending £30 million <laughs> on a player that's hit and miss at best. Well, it's, it's, it's TV money, isn't it? I mean, it's crazy. Mm. Um, I mean, I'd be interested to know if wages are... Arising in, you know, comparable to the way that fees are going, um, but I think what what you said before is that you just got to, well. What Adam said is that you know you just got to sort of become a little bit immune to the numbers, really, because I think it's just going to go one way and that's up. Um, I think probably Pogba set the bar, yeah. and everyone's just playing catch up. But did you not think I, Colin probably didn't hear this because this is this we can do this the other way around. We can steal something from the football ramble. <laughs> But uh, if either of you heard, I thought what was really interesting when they talked about um, about Pogba's transfer in, re- in relation to when when Manchester United signed Brian Robson. Oh, uh, yeah. When they said that, in fact, as a, a percentage of Manchester United's turnover, uh, Brian Robson was something like 56% mm. when they signed him and Paul Pogba was something like 23%. Now, yeah, it's a drop in the ocean. It's a large drop in the ocean, but it's money they're going to make back 
hand over fist from shirt sales in Asia and all sorts of stuff like that. But you just also see the difference as well between Manchester uh, between Manchester United and other clubs. I also saw another story where it was talking about um, uh, again in sort of percentage terms with uh, with with revenue and that Manchester United the amount of money Manchester United spent on Pogba it, the equivalent for Spurs is them spending thirty six million pounds on a player. Yeah, that makes sense. The, the the only thing, though, to bear in mind is that Manchester United, despite all this available cash, that's all credit. That's debt that they're spending. So that 23% that you mentioned, that isn't cash. All, all that, all that Manchester, Manchester United's model is, as long as they can pay the interest on the loans, hmm. then they're okay, okay? But they're not actually spending cash they're, they're they're borrowing debt to to pay for the likes of Pogba well no no that's not true I'm not I'm not getting into this because I'll get really boring <laughs> I mean, I mean re- yeah no go, yeah. go on ed- educate me because I, I I thought that the owners the... Had, had essentially just mortgaged Manchester United in order to fund the club but no the man the debt that Manchester United have is nothing to, isn't operational they don't have. They operate at a cash surplus, so they they're in profit. That the debt Manchester United have is that the ridiculous laws that allowed the um, the Glazer family to take out debt mm. to buy to raise money to buy the shares, which they were then able to put on Manchester United. So the debt Manchester United have is actually in the Glazers' own purchase of the company. There you go. Business talk on Mario Post. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's all it is quite boring stuff, but it's also quite interesting at the same time. It's just not really uh, podcast material, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Man City and the Pep Revolution is underway. Sanya and Glishi, what are they doing? Central midfielders now. Lovely tactic, I think, by Pep, making those two fill in in the middle the entire time they've got the ball, and then having to drop back to fullbacks. Is that something that Barcelona? Or even uh, Bayern to more recent extent. Oh, I, I, I it's difficult to say. Difficult to say that because I haven't seen this game. Okay. So I, I don't know how that, how exactly that worked. It definitely wasn't a tactic he employed at Barcelona. Well, Sanjuro Iglesias basically played a central midfield as attacking and defensive, depending on where they had the ball. Uh, but then they his... also have to cover the fullback positions as well. Okay. It's a lot of work. For yeah. us and Fernandinho played in that Busquets kind of in the back three role. He was the middle man most of the time. Yeah, but was he uh, so? <clears throat> so you could almost say that they were playing with a back three. Yeah, with Fernandinho so, being kind of the libero, was it the free in between? Yeah, in between. State. I did talk about this today. While I was, um, I was with a friend, we talk about the idea of whether Pep could go back to trying to play um, something close to the the three four three, but that Cruyff's original dream team played. Yeah. Because he sort of, with with a player like Stones now and the talk about Fernandinho, he definitely has the players to play that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's um, got a lot of options all over the field. I mean, yeah. Silver is kind of a, not a holding midfielder, but a very central central midfielder. Yes, they're not really attacking a great deal. I, I assumed when I looked at the at the team lineups that Sky had got it slightly wrong, as they always do. <laughs> 
as they're famous for, and assumed that it was a um, uh, a four one four one. Yes, it definitely wasn't. No, there was definitely a three a three man. I mean, Fernandinho did line up in defensive midfielder, but he spent the entire game as a, a centre back basically. But I just I, I meant that more in relation to because what they suggested was that it was a four two three one with Fernandinho and Silva as the two, and I assumed that there was no way that was happening. So we did play deeper than they normally did, and they also started with three wingers. I suppose De Bruyne can play in that middle to position, inside, yeah, yeah. But he got, got off a good start. Got penalty after four minutes, and they absolutely dominated Sunderland, seventy-seven percent possession. This is a throwback okay. to the Barcelona team, isn't it? <laughs> well, and the Bayern, the Bayern team was very much yeah the same as well. Sunderland, that man Defoe popped up with a goal, which almost ruined. That was a eyes. very nice. That was very nicely taken. Mm. He's, he's still uh, lethal in that area, isn't he? He's, he's still got it, hasn't he? <laughs> the, the, the problem is that uh, the, the football's kind of left behind the idea of a player, that play, uh, a player that plays only in 18 yards of the pitch. Yeah, unfortunately for his England career. I think he might get a call up because of Big Sam, but yeah, I think maybe his time's passed. Um, yeah. Paddy McNair got the own goal, which was the winner for Man City. <laughs> it looked great at first, and you thought, <laughs> what is he doing? And you think, he's just unlucky. Just the ball came at him at such pace. Colin, Joe Hart was dropped for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed with that. I mean, I, I'm not entirely sure what, what Guardiola's trying to do here. I mean, Joe Hart had a bad World Cup, didn't, a bad Euros, didn't he? Um, but I don't believe that Caballero is a better keeper than Joe Hart. So... I can only assume that maybe it's a sort of bit of a poke, a bit of a wake-up call for Joe Hart. Yeah, to say, look, mate, you know, you've got to be on form or else I'm going to drop you. But it's a bit of a dangerous game to play, I think. You you don't really want to... He went with Caballero because he's kind of more of that sweeper keeper than Hart is. Well, a lot of paper talk is suggesting that he's just done with Hart and he wants... it's not even. Right. He doesn't want to go with Caballero. He wants a, a new goalkeeper. Wow. Um, being linked with a move for um, to Stegen from Barcelona. Yeah. With the suggestion, uh, we, w- as part of that, um, Hart's actually been linked with a move to Everton. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm, I mean, I mean, here's here's the question. I mean, what will happen is that there'll be a discussion about is Joe Hart actually a good goalkeeper because he's had a few howlers. And previously, you know, he's been in a very strong Manchester City team. And has he been protected by his defence? So maybe has that covered up for any potential mistakes? Because he's not actually having to work that hard, if you see what I mean. Mm. Um, I still think Joe Hart's a great keeper. But... I, think Hart's, I think Joe Hart's a very inconsistent goalkeeper, though. Yeah. I think he has a lot... He, has, um, he can switch not in the t- a lot of keepers. Well, less than that, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I would say that he is a goalkeeper who seems to be very, go through um, very patchy form. Yeah, like he'll go through periods, and he had that period. Was it last two seasons ago when he got dropped for a little while for yeah. Pantelimon? Yeah. Um, and he get, he seems to go through periods where he is very low on confidence. He seems quite poor, and then there have been other periods where he has almost as much as a goalkeeper can because obviously they can't uh, won maybe three games in a five game stretch for Man City because he's been brilliant yeah yeah it's interesting he's 29 now so his career is at a very much a crossroads if he's going to get a move you'd think that would be a a decent payday and the last move of his career possibly 
Well, he's a goalkeeper. He could play for another well, yeah. ten years, probably. <laughs> he could he could play for another ten years. He yeah. could easily play at the highest level for another six. Yeah, yeah, without doubt, probably. <laughs> Let's round up a few of the games that we're not going to talk about in depth. Burnley lost to Swansea on their return to the Premier League. Uh, Pardew's Palace couldn't overcome Pulis's West Brom, lost one nil. And uh, Saints and Watford they drew one all. Not a good day for the new Saints boss, but Nathan Redmond scored a lovely goal, so that'll do for them. Middlesbrough are back in the big time. Avalo uh, Negredo is back, and he scored ten minutes into his debut. Great signing, that. Not bad going. Yeah, very good signing. They signed ten players in the summer, Middlesbrough, and they've got a, a much stronger team than I thought they would have. Ramirez, Stuart Downing, and Negredo is a decent Premier League front three. It's nice to see that. It's nice. To, it's really nice to see them going through. If you were a Burnley fan. Mm. Would you not be livid at this point? Like, <laughs> I understand. I, I just I understand this idea of you, you you come up, you consolidate, you you try your hardest, you're plucky, you fail, yeah. you go down, you come again, you bank the money. But when you come again, you've got to give it a go, haven't you? That's exactly what Borough have done. Yeah, Victor Valdez in goal, Negredo up top. Really well, but, but Borough haven't even consolidated. Borough have just gone for it, but that's because. Borough have, un- well. unlike Burnley did, they've been down for a long time, but they they should have been up for. They've been one of those. They're, du- they're the same way I'd expect Derby to if they came up. They yeah. were that team that's been been challenging for for years now. Yeah, Burnley obviously fluked it pretty the first season they came up, and they've been they've consolidated, moved themselves up mm. in sort of their their reputation a, a big way, but. Now you'd say have another go. You've had you've banked one lot of money. This is your second lot. Go. Yeah, spend some of the money. They're linked with uh, Belgian midfielder Stephen Dafour, which could be a good signer. I'm not sure if he's at the level he was a few years back, but 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 why? They... Need more than that, don't they? Yeah. But, well, what I'd say though, Adam, is that I think we're not necessarily comparing apples with apples. I think I think for Borough, you know, they've, they've got a a very good guy as an owner in Steve Gibson and I think he's been desperate to get him out of the championship and he's desperate for them not to fall back into it mm. and I think he'll throw the kitchen sink at it so if it needs more reinforcement in January I think they'll splash even more cash the the thing with Burnley is no disrespect to Burnley they're not as big a club as Middlesbrough no um, <laughs> and as far as Burnley are concerned you say well you know why aren't they spending all this money maybe their aim is that you know, for a club like Burnley, from absolutely nowhere because of what we've done under Sean Dyche, we've got all these millions of pounds. You know, we can, you know, guarantee the security and the future of this club for for decades. Yeah, but um, what I'm saying is they've done that. They've already done that once. Yeah. <laughs> that that was two years ago. Now it's time to spend some of that bank. You've got you've you've managed to come back quickly. What is not is it not time to try and try stay. and stay here? Yeah, I, I think one of the other difficulties will be is that yeah, you can say you can spend big, but it's going to be difficult to attract a top player to, to go to Burnley. Yeah, <laughs> because the the risk is is that well, okay, yeah, I could sign to, for Burnley three year contract, that's wage, but I've got a, probably a toss of a coin chance that I could be playing the Championship next season. Mm. Do I want to take that gamble? And I think that probably puts off a lot of people from being interested in joining Burnley. 
But if the alternative is as, if if the alternative is is Middlesbrough, is it that much better? <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like that's the worst part of the country, is it not? <laughs> Depends if you like smog. <laughs> but I just think, like, imagine if you're if you're a um, if you're you're a Burnley fan. That for, that was it. Two years ago, now I lose track. Two or three years ago, whenever it was that they were up, up the first time. Yeah. Then sure, I don't mean to patronise them, but it was yeah, it's your first first season in the Premier League. All they're excited. Like, how must they feel now at this sort of lukewarm attempt to try and. Yeah, it starts to get a bit annoying, I imagine, if you're a fan. Look what West Brom did. They went up and down yeah. for two years, and now they're kind of the relegation-threatened team most years, but they managed to survive. Yeah. Because they do just enough in spending. Let's talk about two teams that went about their summer business in very different fashion. Bournemouth played Manchester United today. Bournemouth signed two players for decent money for Bournemouth. Uh, Jordan Ive came in for £15 million from Liverpool, and Lewis Cook came in for £10 million from Leeds. Man United, on the other hand... Spent a lot of money on players such as Ibrahimovic, Mkhitaryan. Oh, he was free. True. He doesn't play for free, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mkhitaryan, uh, Bally? Bailey? Ba- Bally. Know. Yeah. And uh, obviously, Paul Pogba looming. He was suspended for today's game, but it didn't seem to matter. It was a fairly even game in terms of stats, but Man United did dominate overall. Finished 3 1. Mata, Rooney, and Ibra with the goals for Man United. Off and running, Pep is... Not Pep, sorry, Jose. God. Oh. Oh. <laughs> this is exactly what Jose needed, I think. I, I, I had reports that, that Jose's gone away from the puffer jacket and gone back to a nice slick suit today. He has, yeah. Oh, he's got the fire back. This, this is the proper... This is 2004, Jose. When Zlatan scored, he was off the bench, down the sideline, <laughs> jumping and celebrating with Zlatan. Has he got an Armani coat on again? <laughs> he just had the suit on today, I think. Uh, it's a warm day, to be fair. Yeah, down on the south coast. But yeah, him and Zlatan are a match made in heaven, definitely. <laughs> yeah. For all that money they've spent, they started with a midfield of uh, Flamini, Rooney. Flamini? That's not Flamini. Fellaini. Fellaini, yeah. Uh, Fellaini, Rooney and Herrera. Herrera, yeah. Matt had staked a claim for a permanent place, but I don't think it's going to come, is it? No, I think Matters just. I think Matters. Matters had a bad day. He's probably been in trouble ever since he scored. Doing literally all he can to make a case for himself to stay in the team. Yeah. Um. I. I think that the bigger problems will come with Manchester United. Well, you say. Well, how was Wayne? How did Wayne Rooney perform? He. He was in that midfield role that he played for England and. Man United were trying to break really quickly and he would just kill the, the momentum dead every time he got the ball and take an extra touch. And His passing was... For for England, his passing was so sloppy. Yeah. I would say that you'd watch and he'd maybe have 90, 85% pass completion rates and you'd be thinking, oh, his, his passing's good, but it, everything was two or three yards away from the player. It slows yeah. everything down. Other players forced to take touches and so on and... That's exactly what he did today. There's going to be a fallout between him and Ibra at some point this season. Yeah. <laughs> Almost certainly. Can, can I just say something on Rooney? I, I, I want to make a, a prediction. This is probably going to anger a few listeners and probably you two as well. <laughs> I, 
Rooney started at a really early age, didn't he? He came to the scene really early. I think it was probably about seven, seven, 16, 17, was it, when he was like, you know... 16, on, yeah. Yeah, on the stage for Everton. A top striker only has a certain lifespan, I think. Mm. And and what's, now, what's Rooney now, 30? Now, it's still young, but having started so early, I think, potentially, Wayne Rooney is burnt out. I think... He's gone. It's not going to anger me. I completely agree. Um, oh, right. Okay. I, um, I'm not sure I necessarily agree with you, but I'm not gonna, I think that <laughs> it's, a, it's a very coherent argument, yeah. He's a long way from his peak. That year with Ronaldo, Ronaldo's last season, they were completely dominant. He's never been the same player since. I think he's... he's and the same could be said for England as well. I think he's he's running on past glory. Yeah. He's I don't think there'd be... Yeah, and and he's the, the fact that he's been accommodated for by having a sort of midfield role. Mm. It's like I can't think of another striker who would get that sort of treatment. But you know, did he, he, just out of interest, did he actually play as a, in in midfield, or was he play? Was he supposed to be playing as a ten? He was playing as a ten just... more than anything else. Okay, because I was going to say, otherwise that's completely in contrast to what Mourinho said all, all pre-season. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that when I saw the lineup. Well, he was in the, um, very much in the middle. Uh, I think that the problem Manchester United have is that the best, the best formation for them that includes Paul Pogba can't possibly include Wayne Rooney. No. Yeah. I and when you've spent a hundred and whatever it is million euros on a player, <laughs> uh, He's that's, that's yeah. Um, however, I think that Wayne Rooney is someone who's going to. I think he knows his own body. Mm. I think he knows his physical limitations, and I also think that he's a man who. Nowadays, at least, as he's grown up and matured, is a little bit devoid of ego. Yeah. Um, I've heard some stuff before where he's talked about wanting to be um, wanted to be a man, uh, go into management after he finishes football, which um, surprised me a little bit. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Well, Steve Brewster, <laughs> Steve Bruce does it apparently. Well, yeah. Yeah, true. I mean, but, here's. If that's what I mean is, if that's the case, then I think that this is a person who would be inclined to to take a reduced role, to, to not be the main man, would be happy to to be able to work under Mourinho and and use that as an experience to learn yeah. from one of the one of the greatest managers of the last what ten fifteen years. Yeah, if they're successful, like, then all the more for it as well. Yeah, I, don't, I think he's willing to, to let some of that go. Here's, here's the thing, though. I think that, as an individual, for example, we, we all know what Zlatan's about. Yeah. Okay? Um, now, now with, <laughs> wait, Winning wait, trophies. <laughs> yeah. With, with Rooney, I think, while he's been at Manchester United, he's been surrounded by great players. While he's been playing for England, he's been surrounded by great players. And oh. I, <laughs> well, okay. Great okay. dish. <laughs> But let me give you let me give you a, a, a sort of um, an example here, a sort of scenario. If you Wayne Rooney sh- 
should be an out-and-out striker. That's, that's what he was made to do, OK? If you replace Jermaine Defoe with Wayne Rooney in that Sunderland team, would Wayne Rooney score more goals than Jermaine Defoe? I'd say no. No, I don't think he would either, because the way Defoe plays on that, on that shoulder of the defender. Um... So, therefore, if that is the case, Rooney isn't doing his job as well as he should anymore. But except the problem with Wayne Rooney, the, the problem as such with Wayne Rooney is the fact that he has that ability to play in. Yeah, I mean, when when you're talking about <clears throat> about Leicester or Manchester United, but in other teams, you have that situation. It's a bit like in with England, I would say more so, but like, perhaps uh, you hear Sid Lowe talk about it a lot when he talks about Messi in Barcelona, when. Yeah. Well, who's the best player to play as the number ten for Barcelona? Well, it's, it's Messi, but who's the best right winger? Yeah. It's also Messi, and who could probably actually be the best player to replace Xavi? Well, Messi could probably do it best as well. <laughs> like, I think there is a little bit of that about. I'm not saying he's Messi. <laughs> Let's no. clear this up immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm saying that actually. Yes, it's about whether you play Wayne Rooney in the, the position he's most effective, <laughs> but he might actually be the best player in multiple positions. My, my only concern would be that, let's say his name wasn't Wayne Rooney and it was Darren Dawkins. You know, there, there wouldn't be a clamour for people saying, what I really need in my team is a Darren Dawkins, a striker who doesn't play up front anymore, but can maybe do it a little bit in midfield. You know what I mean? You stay well clear of Darren Dawkins. But because it's Wayne Rooney, you know, it's like, oh, well, yeah, he's got to play, you know, England captain. Whoa. Yeah. Well, the problem, the, the, the problem he has now is to follow that analogy of that I was making on is that he is now neither the best player to play in the number 10 position for Manchester United, nor is he the best or the number nine position or to play out wide. <laughs> yeah, very true. He shouldn't be in that starting, starting lineup. No. I agree. Let's move on to a team but, that would sign Darren Dawkins, shall we? But just as as a final front is that he 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 has everything about it to still be a very good squad player in that team. Yeah, that's what his role will try and just transition into as the season the next season goes along. <laughs> you, you watch Pep Guardiola is going to be listening to this podcast and he's going to sign Darren Dawkins yeah. from from like Stevenage or something. Yeah. There's going to have to be a player called Darren Dawkins or something. Well, if he's a centre back, Arsene Wenger should sign him because that's hilarious. <laughs> what a link! <laughs> Professional. That's why we're award winning. Yeah. I mean, Walcott missed a penalty and then scored 60 seconds later, um, and then it all kicked off. <laughs> and then the and then and then the hilarity began. <laughs> Coutinho got two, Lalama got one, and Mane got one in the debut before Ch- Chamberlain got a effective one in, and Chambers pulled one back with fifteen to go. <sighs> so much from yeah. this game defending. It was like it was like a clown car. It was appalling. Both teams. Like, um, I thought that um, I like I, I have to uh, have to be straight up. I only watched the second half. Yeah. Because I was too busy watching England lose at the cricket. Um, uh, so, um, I, by the time I watched it, um, Liverpool were asserting dominance all over the pitch. Yeah. Uh, Coutinho scored that. I that his first goal, that free kick, is special. Yeah. You put the ball over the wall like that. You put it in the top corner, and no, no goalkeeper's got a chance against Czech as well. 
Yeah, there's no, nothing you could do. That's yeah. you. You just you hold your hands up. You're beaten by by the better person on the day. There. Yeah. Um, I think his second goal, he shins it, but he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think Milano's I think uh, superb. That was uh, I, if ever you don't expect something to come from a person, that yes. was it. <laughs> Where is that in your rose, Adam? Yeah, I mean. I think Lallana is a great player, but I don't think that finishing off things is his biggest no. strength. But there it was. Certainly not. Um, Coutinho ran the game. He was incredible. Yes, he did. Um, and at this point, Arsenal couldn't get a tuck, couldn't get a kick. No. I mean, they literally uh, probably, if you looked at the possession figures for for sort of like ten, five, ten minute periods, they they were probably eighty, eighty five percent Liverpool, mm. and. Um, <laughs> The defending was just calamitous. You had players all. At one point, you had uh, all the players running away from the ball themselves. Um, and when you're in a situation where none of your centre halves are fit, and you're having to play a guy, you're having to play a kid at the back, and you're you're still having to play um, Callum Chambers, who should be your most experienced centre back, which is yeah. troubling to begin with, but. He did not lead with any sort of um, example. He was he was worse. Yeah. <laughs> he, he absolutely appalling. Just mistake after mistake. Uh, he let Mane get past past him. He was pulled out of position all the time. Why he didn't bring Mane down? Yeah, yeah, just take but, chance, uh, get him down. But outside the box, yeah. bring him down. There's players around. It was going to be a yellow card, but he didn't. He let him carry on and. At that point, it was four-one, and you thought this is this could be really embarrassing for for Arsenal because they can't get a kick. Yeah, it was and then and they bought Granit Xhaka on. <laughs> <laughs> and then, team. and then Coutinho got injured, and the game swung back, and the momentum went all to Arsenal almost immediately. Uh, Oxley Chamberlain produced a run that was... Uh, the run itself was probably more impressive than Mane's. The dive between two players was superb. Yeah, he was... He, he, he was then... His goal would have been... Out, probably would have been able to say it was better if it wasn't for the deflection. Yeah. Um, uh, which left... Um, Mignolet beating at his near post. Mm. Which is something I'll say again this season a couple of times, <laughs> I'm sure. Definitely. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> We could potentially just clip that. <laughs> um, and then Chambers managed to make a small amends for some of his terrible defending with his, his flick on header yeah. uh, to make it 4-3. But then Arsenal just ran out of puff for me. Like, Yeah. There was, there was they, not, they were trying to lump long balls for it to Sancho. It was not really but, the best But then, ironically, in the last five minutes, stopped doing that. Yeah. Very strange. They also lost Ramsey and Iwobi to injuries in this game as well. Yeah. It, uh, the, uh, um, my, my my friend James, who I was watching the, um, who I went to the Oval to watch the cricket with, as Arsenal fan, and he yeah. described it while we we're watching it as peak Arsenal. <laughs> I think he's spot on, actually. Yeah, yeah really two, players inj- two players getting injured, two players getting injured, going being four one down, <laughs> fighting back into a game that you might think you might be able to get a result, not quite getting there. Yeah, peak Arsenal was achieved on day one of the season this year. Yeah, on, but the one thing I did say to him. It's, where I was trying to give him crumbs of comfort to sort of like talk him down from the edge was that like this is obviously the first game of the season and I think that for every club the first game of the season is there's a lot of unknowns 
Yeah. Um, anything can happen. It can all go a bit wrong. Yes. Just you can find yourself a little bit underprepared. You can any anything. You just caught out. Strange situations can happen. So I think that if anything, uh, a game against Liverpool is a game that Arsenal could lose any time. Yeah, definitely. It's almost a blessing in disguise that they've got it out of the way, and they, it's not like two years ago when they lose on the opening day to Villa, <laughs> and then you find yourself in January losing on a Wednesday night to Liverpool anyway. Yeah, yeah. Let's, say, let's get it out of the way now. Um, we're going to do a short podcast this week. We're just going to quickly mention uh, Leeds and how they've started to the season, Colin. Um, thoughts on our first three games? Yeah, well, it's, it's been a poor start. Um, still zero points um, in the league. <laughs> Um, and, and managed to sort of scrape uh, into the next round of the EFL Cup yeah. on penalties against Fleetwood. Um, I, I'm a little bit undecided about this. I mean, the easy answer is to be really, really negative. Um, Hello. What I'd say, <laughs> what I'd say is, um, from a Leeds United sort of management perspective, Leeds, well, specifically Chilino, has shot that many managers. Forty, no, forty. Yeah, that he's he's yeah he's he's actually running out of them, um, and you're running out of pe- you're running out of people who could possibly take the Leeds job, and and I think Gary Monk was possibly the one of about seven names linked with Leeds, and many of them turned us down. Hmm. Um, it's so now he's got no option but to stick with him. Um, Gary Monk after this game. Was angry, yeah. He, he said that Leeds had a, a soft underbelly. They'd heard had been at the club for many years, possibly even before, well, possibly even before. As well. <laughs> um, and they'd not come across it before, but now he'd seen it for the first time. And and what he means by that is that Leeds will be okay for a spell, then bad. So they'll have a good forty-five minutes, then a bad forty-five minutes, yeah. and. Basically, not bottling it, but sort of stepping back down into sort of like second gear. Um, it's someone's got to sort that out, and and I think it's going to be. I, th- I think Leeds United are a little bit like an aeroplane, where where the engine's on fire, mm-hmm. and the engine is on fire. Um, we've lost Lewis Cook, um, and you've got to bring the plane down so quickly that it puts out the fire, <laughs> and that's fine. But you've got to make sure you don't crash into the ground. <laughs> um, but I think he's got to take that journey because uh, and previously we've had Steve Evans who sort of, you know, sort of like uh, tried to put plasters over everything and, and do the best that he could. And he did a really good job at that. But Leeds can't keep doing that all the time. If they've got any ambition, mm. they've got to like really sort out what the problem is, dig out the roots of the weeds, get rid of them and just start again. And if it means, hey, you know, you have a few bad results, then so be it. I think it's what's needed. Um, but I'm I'm not too unhappy with Leeds. I, I think there are some crumbs of comfort there. I don't I don't know what you think, Ross. Um, yeah, we signed some decent looking players, and as Alex Mowat was on form yesterday, but he needs to do that more often. We need goals and we need to stop conceding so many goals it's basic football really <laughs> that's how football works <laughs> yeah and you said about the problem the problem is at the very top and how do you root out that problem it took us about seven years to get rid of Ken Bates 
through seven years worth of protesting. We're only three years into the Chileno experiment. I mean, I mean, to be fair, what I would say is you, you can't blame Chileno for the team switching off. That's, you know, yeah, and I don't think you can players. blame Gar- you can't blame Gary Monk for that either. And that's why well, Gary you can't. So angry. You literally can. That's his job. Well, well, it is, but he he. They're the same players they uh, last year as well. I, I'll, I'll understand what you can say is you can't blame him maybe after three games for something like that. Yeah. But you know what? Come come January, if that's still going on, you can blame him. Yeah. He won't be there January. Don't worry about that. <laughs> He'll be getting paid still in January. Oh, yeah, definitely. Twenty nineteen. Um, so we will we will of course be back next week. Um, I'm on my deathbed, so we need to finish. Uh, we're going to have a game of you tweet next week. Colin, you got that all prepared for us? Uh, yes, yes, I've been uh, collecting new tweet, and uh, last season there was a little bit of um, potential unhappiness because uh, the the extra time boys weren't as popular on you tweet. Uh-huh. Um, oh, they are this season. Uh-huh. Um, I've been scouring their uh, tweets, so so they're definitely going to be involved. Okay. So so yeah, all of us on this podcast okay. and extra time, we're all going to be. Um, I'm, I'm gathering all of your tweets, and yeah. We're going to be uh, mentioning them throughout the season. Christ. I'm worried. I'm worried in advance. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I know that if it's a tweet about Mo Farah, I know where it's come from. <laughs> or Chris Froome. Yes. <laughs> so, of course, until next week, um, you can find us on Twitter at Man on the Post. Uh, you can find us all on our individual handles. I'm Ross Bell 1984. Colin is... Cass707. And Adam is... AdamSA101. Uh, check out the website manofthepost.com there's not really much on there but have a look anyway some good old articles from a few years back um, <laughs> and if you download us from iTunes please 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 leave a rate and review it's the only way that we're going to move up the charts and give us a new audience why not share the love if you see the tweet for this podcast then retweet it or you see the post on Facebook share it, it takes what's that tweet it takes three point something seconds to do a retweet I don't understand it personally but apparently that's it I just press that retweet button. So until next week, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Colin. Goodbye. And goodbye from Adam. Bye. And always remember to have your man on the post. Chaps need to go and be sick. Sorry, I will. <coughs> oh, <laughs> speak to you all later. <laughs> See you later, mate.